Welcome to the Save Girl Podcast. This is your host, Saj, with my co-host, Christy. Join us as we tackle the unspoken, the taboo, and the tough conversations for the modern Christian woman. What's up, Save Girl? What's going on? Welcome to the official Save Girl Podcast. And we're just so excited to have you. I cannot believe that we are finally here. And whether you're listening at home, at work, at school, if you're just listening while you're cleaning up, we're just glad you made it. So thanks for listening and tuning in. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us into the studio. Welcome. Woo! We made it. Thank God we made it. Hey, Safe Girls. We are so happy you're here. And it's our first official episode. I can't believe it, Christy. I know. So today is testimony day because it's time to get to know your hosts and we want you to know us and to get to really know the nitty gritty of who we are and what we did and how Jesus has transformed our lives. So today is testimony day and it's Sasha's turn and I'm so excited to hear her testimony. I'm excited too. What better way to get to know us, me and Christy alike, by hearing who we are, why we're here, why we even push ourselves to please God daily. The more our why, the more you understand how important this is to us and how much we want to connect with you. Because we've been through some crazy things, through some similar things and some very different things. And that's what makes this so dynamic. Her testimony, my testimony, like I said, we have some similarities, but I'm sure you as a listener can pull from our different life experiences and identify with something so that you can be encouraged. Amen. Because it's like the scripture says, to whom much is given, much is required. And those who have been forgiven much, love much. So we're not just safe girls because we're just saying, oh, we love Jesus. Amen. And we haven't been through anything. We have been through the ringer. And we want you to know that This is a community that we do not judge each other. We love each other. We love on each other. We want to encourage you and uplift you and let you know that God is with you in every step of the way. Yes. That's so important. It's so important. And I know we're going to get to the testimony, but you saying that, Christy, it it makes it important that we acknowledge what the Save Girl brand and community is. For those who are just joining us, if it's your first time, just know, like Christy said, This is not a place of condemnation. It's a place where we build conviction. We want you to build your strength in Christ and know that you're not being judged because we all come from different places. And whether today's your first day, even learning about Jesus, or it's your 10th year worshiping and praising him as your Lord and Savior, we welcome everyone. Amen. Amen. You are absolutely welcome. We're cheering you on. So... Yeah, this is for you, Save Girl. This is for you. Yeah, you made it. Big cheer. You've been through the yes, ringer. You made it, but girl. God. But God, you hear that sound. That is for you. That is your cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Being like, hey, you can do this. Definitely, you can do this. So yeah, so... We are going to dive into Sasha's testimony today, and there's a running theme, and it's Uncommon Grace. That's what I called it today. When you listen to her testimony, girls, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you, you will believe in God after this. I, I definitely, when I first heard her testimony, I was like, 
I know there's a God and I know he saved me from a lot of stuff. But when I listened to her, that's when I was like, Jesus is real. And that's all we want you to know. He is so real for you. And he keeps it real with us. So how did it start? That's so amazing. The title of this alone almost brought me to tears, Christy. You've got to prepare me for that. That is just so beautiful. Even the the way that you titled this Uncommon Grace, how this all began. When I was first writing, the first content I ever wrote for Save Girl was Memoirs of a Save Girl. And it was almost like a diary entry. And I opened it with this moment of reflection where I said, God, you chose to send me to a womb of a 14-year-old girl. And that alone had me sit and think and say, okay, you chose that for me. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has plans to prosper us, right? Plans of hope, not for evil, things to bring us to an expected end. So I, I think where it all began is him sending me to the womb of a 14-year-old girl. And my mom, she was so young. And my dad was young too. He was 15 years old. And they chose to keep me. They chose to have me. And it's so significant for me because I'm sure the pressures around her were immense to say, this could ruin your life. This is going to change your life. My dad, he was on track to go to the NFL. He was a football star. And he chose to drop out of school to work to support my mom. So there's this beginning story of that uncommon grace where although I was sent to a womb that may have seemed inadequate, it was exactly what God planned. Wow, that's powerful. It's powerful to see that, like you said, Jeremiah 29, 11, that he knows the plans and also you formed me in my mother's womb, my inner, my inner thoughts, you know, everything about me. Before the time, before time began, I wrote your days in the book. So that's what I hear when I listen to you talking about your mom and just your dad and just how God wove that together. Even though it's so not optimum in the world, but God knows exactly what he's doing. And look at you now. Look at That's what I'm saying. I know. But it's to encourage somebody like this is like, let me pause for a second. This is to encourage any safe girl out there who is in, who is in an unplanned pregnancy. Who is, who is saying, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know if this is the Lord's will for me. I don't know how I'm going to keep this child. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to feed this child. I don't know how I'm going to raise this child. But at the end of the day, God is with you because God has a specific plan for their lives. You have no idea what the calling of the, the, ch the child's life is. Because look at Sasha, she's now leading a, a band of saved girls and snatching people out the fire. But her beginning was not common. Not ideal. And that encouragement is so important because like you said, Christy, the world can make us seem like you have all these things ahead of you and having a child could cause a disruption to that. But to know who the author of life is and every disruption is divine especially when it's through life. The fact that my mom and dad chose to keep me and raise me, it, it gave God the opportunity to get his hands on me. And his plans will always, his will will always be done. So I just think, I thank God that he took so much care. Even in the beginning years of my life, when we start talking about how I grew up, 
and my my parents they were so young but because they were young we grew up more like friends only 10 15 years apart that's not that big of a da- gap that's almost a sibling gap i know some siblings who are 10 12 years apart but that's my mom and my dad 15 and 14 years apart from me and um my dad was just very creative he would make me um perform in the living room we would watch movies and we would reenact the scenes. My mom is an amazing, amazing chef. So she would cook all of our meals and would allow us to help her. And all these things that were in my childhood with my family that really shaped who I am, all the creativity that I love today. I definitely give credit to God, but also the influence of my parents and especially my dad. He definitely, um, shaped that creative side of my brain as exposing me to arts, all sorts of music, and really pushing me to pursue anything that I put my mind to. And that was an early on mindset that they gave to me. And it almost made my teenage years that much more of a drastic change because of how my childhood was, especially with my parents. We grew up close, tight knit. And once I hit my teenage years, things drastically changed. So what was, what changed? What happened? What was like the moment, that's that seismic moment that changed every day? As I grew into my young adult years, I was a senior in high school. My senior year, year is just, it's definitely a novel in itself. I literally could write a novel called my senior year and it would be a thousand pages long. <laughs> And and I'm not kidding, but really, I just remember the winter of my senior year in high school, going to school and riding the bus. And I remember a friend of mine was on the bus with me and she looked at me and she said, oh, I'm so sorry about what happened. And I looked at her and I was just like, what is she talking about? But I was very and I've always been very self-aware, even when I wasn't in Christ fully. My discernment was always on and that that speaks gifts come without repentance. So I was active in my discernment before I was even using it for God's glory. And when she said that, I just was like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Even though I had no idea what she was talking about, Christy. (laughs) What was she talking about? Because I'm like, that sounds like a day. So, yeah. So she was referencing the fact that a friend of mine had become pregnant with my father's child. Yeah, so other people knew before I knew. And unfortunately, my mom was trying to protect me, but in her trying to protect me, it backfired and I found out the hard way. But my father ended up having an affair with a friend of mine, someone who I knew since I was a young girl, And her and I were the same age. She was in my senior class. She started showing and it was no longer a secret. And when it was no longer a secret, she began to tell who the father was and it was my dad. (laughs) So that wrecked my world. I really literally felt the world around me shatter because this tight knit family, we weren't perfect, but we had a lot of love in our house. It took a halt and a screeching break, and I was just in shock. Yeah, I'm in shock right now for you. So I'm, I'm just like, it might be how many years later is it now? I, I don't know. 
Yeah, so I, I was a young senior. I was 16 as a senior, um, turning 17. Yeah, so I graduated at 17. But when I first learned this, I was 16 years old. And that was 10 years ago when this happened. And that same year, so I found out one of my friends is having my father's child. My parents are literally on the brink of separation. And then April of my senior year, my house burns down and we lose everything. And when I say everything, we lost everything. Pictures of my childhood, videos, we lost a lot of stuff. And I think that also, now that I'm reflecting on it, spiritually played a part in me disconnecting from my childhood because I actually don't really have much tangible memories. A lot of the things that I had from when I was a little girl burned in the fire. So some of the memories are definitely blocked and they're blocked because of certain pain that I experienced as a child, certain abuse. And we'll go into that later with our exclusive content. So make sure if you want to get some of that, you come over to Patreon. But yeah, all those experiences growing up outside of my house. And then now the safe space, which was my home, had been destroyed. And not just naturally, but emotionally, it had been destroyed. So that really pushed me away from God. I knew God. I used to go to church with my family, but then my mom stopped going to church because she was so broken. And I started to resent God because I didn't understand why he would allow my family to go through something like this. Yeah, that's a natural understanding of what's going on. And if you're going through a lot and your family falls apart, literally at the seams, from your house burning down to your dad and his affair, and then the whole situation with the friend of yours and her being pregnant. I think it's a lot for any young teen to digest or any person actually at any age, if that happened to them, that would be a lot. But especially at that young age where you're still processing your emotions and still trying to figure out who you are. And then you see, and you think about, oh, there's this big man in the sky who's allowing this to happen to me. You become bitter. Oh yeah. You become bitter. And you start to do whatever you want to do. And that's what I did. Can you imagine walking across the stage to get your diploma and your dad is not just cheering for you, but cheering for the girl that he got pregnant who's walking behind you? It was crazy. It it was something out of a Lifetime movie. I'm not joking. Even my senior night, graduation night at a graduation party, all my friends came over and at the end, my dad left because he wanted to go celebrate with her as well. So all these traumatic moments where I just remember crying and then seeing your mom cry and be heartbroken over this was very traumatic and it pushed me away from God. And as I went to college, I started using drugs heavily, smoking marijuana heavily. I started partying and drinking heavily. There were several nights where I don't even remember how I got back to my dorm room because I started to self-soothe. Once we leave Christ and we start to try to deal with our problems on our own, that is a recipe for disaster. You start pacifying and numbing. And that's what I was doing. I would try to just get so high that I wouldn't feel. Try to get so drunk that I wouldn't remember the pain of reality. That's what I was doing. And unfortunately, that played out into a lot of mistakes in my early 20s because now I'm an adult. So now I'm going out and I'm drunk 
and I'm intoxicated. And that led me down a slippery slope and eventually led to me getting arrested. And that was super scary. I'm sure. I'm sure. And let's talk about what happened, the evolution of Saj in her early 20s, because I think that's very important. I think we have a lot of people who either are in their early 20s or have past their early 20s, but then they've had a lot of mistakes and a lot of people don't believe that they can be forgiven. But I think once you hear her testimony, you can be like, oh, okay, God can still use me no matter what I've done. So can you delve a little bit deeper? Of course. In my early 20s, I was modeling. And I'm not just talking like Gap and Old Navy, (laughs) okay? I'm talking about lingerie, topless, completely naked, modeling and using that as a source of income I ended up that opened the door and let me just say one thing if you think that you can just open one door you're sadly mistaken one door leads to another door which leads to another door it works the same way with blessings and if you think it can't work the same way with curses you're sadly mistaken I started walking through the door of modeling which walked me through the door of lust and because I learn lust and money and perversion all those doors became open to me and I you know went down this really dark path of dating men for money older men multiple at a time just trying to live this lifestyle that seemed glamorous okay on Instagram at 20,000 followers it seemed so glamorous to see me and all these parties with celebrities, but not realizing the cost that it took on me, the toll that it took on me physically, emotionally, mentally, and dealing with people who didn't respect you, who saw you only as an object. That's definitely a big part of my 20s. And there's sometimes I reflect and I'm like, wow, God, I should have died that night. That man could have killed me if he wanted to. And no one would have known because I was keeping it a secret from my family. I remember the very first time I met with a sugar daddy. And I'm going to share this for anyone who is teetering down that road or feeling you're trying to get ahead of your bills or you're trying to get into a new place. And it's tempting to try to use your body as leverage. It's very tempting. Because for me, my parents were so disjointed. And I had things financially that I had to take care of. So I relied on what I was given, my body. And I used that to get what I needed instead of relying on God. And I learned that lesson. But I remember the very first time I was leaving my house to meet with this gentleman. And I remember it so vividly because I walked outside and the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks, right? Now, I'm not serving God at this time, but my heart just felt so heavy and I walked back in the house. But there was this tug of war between my heart, God pulling at my heart and my flesh desiring more money, better lifestyle, better income. So I walked back out and then the tug happened again. So I walked back in. Christy, I walked in and out of my house about five times before my flesh won and I ended up walking outside and ignoring the tug, ignoring it. And I unfortunately went and met up with him and it was the first time and it was, the door was opened and that door was really hard to shut. 
it was really hard to shut. Speak on that, because I think we need to go deeper on that, because a lot of times we, people do things and they have no idea what the consequences are of their actions. But um, at the end of the day, I, I think it's really hard sometimes to understand that we have, we, there's, God says, like, we have the authority to open doors and to close doors. And when we open doors, if we open the right doors, we open the doors to blessing. We open the doors to God's provision and God's hand on your life. And then if you open the incorrect doors and you open the doors to the enemy, to Satan, he will come in like a flood and he will rob you and steal and destroy everything that's in your life. Oh, yeah. That robbing is real. Like he will come and try to rob you of your peace, of your health. Man, because there was times where I was afraid of what I was exposed to, afraid of what my body had been exposed to. And when I say that that door had been open and it was hard to close, it's, the Bible says money is the root of all evil. And it, it is the root of all evil when you put it in a p position ahead of God, when you put it in a position where it's your only way out. Because at the end of the day, the world we live in, you need money. And when you don't have a relationship with God, that seems like the only way to get ahead. I need more money. Now, when you have God, you can say, listen, even if I don't have enough, I have the Father and he will provide. But if you don't have that faith, it's only the logical way to think. I need more money. I need faster money. I need quick money. And that is that door. It's mixed with perversion, right? Because now this money requires me to lose myself. It requires me to devalue myself. There were times where I walked away from certain meetups and things like that, where I just didn't know who I was. And that was a hard thing to realize that I had lost myself. And this hurt, sad, traumatized young woman had just perpetuated the cycle again on her own. I, I was using this as a way of escape, but I just put myself through another cycle of trauma and abuse and brokenness that just came again and again. So when I say it's a door that's hard to shut once you open it, because you those perversion spirits, that desire for money, all of those things really get a stronghold on your flesh. And it takes a divine intervention to break that and God definitely came after me <laughs> so let's talk about that how did God come after you because I heard that he talked on your spirit a couple of times there's different times that he spoke to you I I know that he he had really tried to come after you in so many different ways but you had like being like blocked it for a while and I I would love to hear for people to understand that it's a process and it's progress. It definitely is a process. I had been in a long-term relationship. So even leveraging that, when I felt God tugging at me, I knew because of my knowledge of church and going to church, I knew that if I really gave my life to God, what would that mean for my boyfriend? What would that mean for our relationship? What would that mean for my modeling career? So there was a lot of things that I had to lose in order to say okay to God. And I wasn't ready for that, even in the midst of him showing up for me. And one of the biggest 
moments where he tugged at me was when I was arrested. And I just remember being in the jail cell crying and asking him to help me, although I hadn't talked to him in forever. And I remember saying, God, please, if you get me out of this, I promise I'm going to serve you. I promise that I'm going to I'm going to do right. That that 911 to heaven phone call, that one phone call, where I'm going to call God because he can get me out of this. And that's what I did. And the judge lowered my bail which was a miracle. And it really wasn't even the judge wanted to raise my bond. And the pers- the prosecutor, which is the person who was really trying, supposed to put me in jail, asked for my bond to be lowered, which was a miracle. And when it was lowered, I was able to be released. Because y'all, when I got arrested, I was charged with five felonies. Do you hear me? Five. Not one, not two, not a misdemeanor. Five felonies. And I was court ordered to drug and alcohol therapy. Now you would think God got me out of it that I would serve him. No. As soon as I left there, I went right back home and I rolled up some weed and I smoked it because I was stressed out. That's what I went to right away. I was still modeling. I was still going out and I was failing drug test after drug test. And the program I was in was for three years. So now we're in the third year. And It was from 2015 to 2018. So in May of 2018, I had just been feeling God talk to me more. And I had gone through a little bit of hiccups with some friends. And when people start leaving your life and you feel lonelier and lonelier, you realize that God is the only thing that's consistent. And that's what was happening to me. I had gone through a really bad friendship breakup in April. And I was just feeling so alone. And in May, God, that was my divine appointment. He had to know it from the beginning, but I didn't know it. And in May, I went to this church service. And a woman who I did not know came up to me and said, God is separating you from those friends on purpose. And I, my mind was blown because I hadn't shared what was going on. I had lost several friends. I'm not just talking about one, um, about six friends falling out and I was left alone. And when that woman came to me, I was like, wow, God, you are real. Any doubt that I had in that moment, it was just too spot on. And that moment he captured my heart and I became curious about who he was And I went up for prayer and just had an encounter with him that really just warmed my heart. And I felt his presence. I felt his love, all of the rejection, all the pain. I I felt him trying to heal me and remind me of his love for me. And of course, I have built so many walls that I knew what warmth felt like. I knew what love felt you know, was supposed to feel like, and I hadn't felt it in so long. And that encounter, I felt it. And I said, okay, yes, Lord, I'm here now. I hear you. And 2018 was the year I gave my life to him and I submitted it to him. And one thing I have to share with you guys, just to give you a full circle of the story, is that in July, I had went to a youth service at my church. So now I'm like, going to church from May and June and July. I'm like, actually active, not smoking, 
not drinking, not going out, not modeling anymore. And we had a youth service and this man came up to me during the service who was a visitor and he said, I heard your testimony about how you stopped smoking to give your life to Christ. I had shared that with the young people to stop smoking because God loves your body and he created your body as a temple. And when you smoke, you're really hurting yourself on the inside. So he came up to me and was like, that was a really good thing to share. So many kids are starting to smoke weed now because mind you, 2018 was like the cusp of legalizing marijuana. So it started to get really popular. and. I was just telling them, like, although it's becoming popular, don't get caught up in the hype. And he said, I would love to pray for you because I feel like you are going to be a leader. And I said, "Okay." And he said, also, I hear God saying that he has your husband. And I was like, "Okay." so he's praying for me and I'm crying. And then when we were done praying. He hugs me and he says, now that I'm so close to you, you just you seem so familiar to me. And I said, I don't recognize you. And I go to a predominantly black church. He was a white man visiting our church. So it was to me, it was like, I don't know you. (laughs) No offense, but our church was predominantly black. So to be a white man in our church, I would know you. (laughs) And I was like, I never met you before. And he said, I'm a police officer. I'm a police officer and I work downtown. Have you gone downtown or anything? And I said, not in three years. It's been a long time. I don't go down there anymore. I had one really bad night and he was like, what happened? And I said, long story short, I didn't even give him the whole story. I said, long story short, I ended up kicking out a police car window with my boots. And he looked at me with wide eyes. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, my wife is not going to believe this. And I looked at him and my eyes began to well up because it was like the Holy Spirit was revealing truth right there in that moment before we even spoke a word. And the next thing out of his mouth was, that was me. I was that officer. I was the one who arrested you. I was the one who you assaulted. I was the one who booked you. I was the one. And he said, when they asked if I wanted to press full charges, because I'm a man of faith and I felt God telling me not to, I didn't. And in that moment, I felt love again because even when I was not living for Christ, even when I was choosing my own way, his grace was still over me that I didn't know what he was doing behind the scenes. He was protecting me. He was speaking to other believers who were positioned around me. The cop who arrested me was a man who loved God. And because of that alone, I was protected from going to jail for five to 10 years of my life. I was spared. And we both began to weep and cry. And he looked at me and I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he said, look at you. Look at the woman you have become. You are so beautiful. I'm so proud of you. And the icing on all of this, save girls, listen to me. My court date, the three years of my program that I failed for two and a half years, (laughs) I was only sober from May to July. The court date was August 3rd. That church service was July 27th, 2018. He looked at me and he said, 
how's everything going with the case? And I told him, I have court next week. And he said, I'm going to, I'm going to write to the judge for you. And I looked at him and he said, I'm going to try to be there if I can. But if I can't, don't worry, I'm going to get my letter to the judge. And I, I walked in that courtroom the next time, a week later, and the judge looked at me and the judge said, young lady, we got a letter from the officer you assaulted and he asked that we drop all the charges. So we're going to erase everything off of your record and we're going to expunge it and it will no longer be there. You're free to go. You're free to go. And that, that moment, I never felt so seen. When you talk about leaving the 99 for one, when you talk about being seen by God in Genesis, when Sarah's handmaid is in the wilderness and she says, you are the God who sees me, that is how I felt right there. I felt seen. Amen. Wow. And this is why we were talking about uncommon grace, because uncommon grace means that, and we all have that, when we're in Christ, we have uncommon grace. And while we still have the opportunity to be saved, we have uncommon grace because God is talking behind your back to get you back where you need to be. And that's what happened with Saj and that's what's happening for, for so many people in our community and that's what ha can happen for you. God is talking behind your back. Don't ever think that God is not doing anything for you. It says in the word that God's thoughts outnumber, listen to this, all the grains of sand of all the beaches of the earth. Those are trillions upon trillions of thoughts that he has about you. Yes, you. Fill in your name here. Yes, you. He's thinking about you. So when if you're feeling desolate, if you're feeling like nobody cares about you, if you're feeling like, oh, I can't do this anymore, or that God wouldn't want me, no, that's such a lie from the pits of hell. He has so many thoughts about you. And like it says, Saul said, he has thoughts to bless you and not to harm you. It's only Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God wants to prosper you and prosper you well because he's given you a dream in your heart that he wants to unfold in due timing. And his grace is the catalyst for it. But you have to make sure that you align yourself with God because he wants to do that for you. And you are not a lost cause. And that's what we hope that you got out of this, out of Sarge's testimony. We just scratched the surface, y'all. We're going to talk a lot more in, 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 in exclusive content on Patreon in Unfiltered. That's when you're going to get the raw, the real. Yeah, and you'll hear how this plays out into meeting, me meeting my husband and all that craziness, which is honestly that uncommon grace continued. It's like super uncommon grace <laughs> at that point. So I just can't wait to share with our exclusive listeners even more details about how God showed his hand after that moment. Yes. Amen. But for now, we have to close off this episode. We know you want more and we know I want to hear more. But like we said, hang on with us in come and hang with us in, in Patreon. And yeah, let's close this off in prayer. And I wanted to ask Sash, can you close us off in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those ladies who feel that any part of this testimony you can relate to, or even someone you love is going through the same tug of war between their flesh and the Holy Spirit trying to save them and redeem them, 
I just ask that you close your eyes with me and call on the name of the Lord. And we say, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you know us so well, that even though we will make mistakes, we will choose paths that are literally leading us to destruction. You still love us. Hallelujah. And we've re referenced Jeremiah 29, 11 so many times. But the beautiful part of that verse is that you have plans and you want to prosper us even though we make mistakes. And that is how amazing you are, God. That despite the things and the choices I've made in my life that could have killed me, that could have sent me down a path of darkness, you still chose to love me and capture me, God. So Lord, I pray for any sister, any saved girl who is struggling giving her life to you. God, let this be a sign that she needs to take her relationship with you even more seriously. That you are laying things and setting things aside behind the scenes that is protecting her from dangers that she has no, no, no knowledge of, God. Lord, I pray that every woman under the sound of my voice feels the warmth and the love that I felt that day at the altar, that changing heart, mending love, hallelujah, that fills her up from the soles of her feet to the crown of her head. God, continue to go with us on this journey and lead us, hallelujah, into the future that you've always planned for us, God. We thank you in advance. We thank you for Christy. We thank you for this podcast. And we always give it back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Safe Girls, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And we'll see you here next week. Yeah, next week we are going to hear Christy's testimony. And listen, make sure you tune in because it is an epic one. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and make sure you tune in because it is an epic one. <laughs> we love you, ladies. Have a blessed day. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure you stay connected. Follow Christy at her underscore promised land and Saj at Save Girl Brand on Instagram. If you want to hear more unfiltered conversations, head over to patreon.com slash savegirlbrand for devotionals, uncut footage, and more exclusive content. And remember, we got you. No woman left behind.